Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there, Cyrus. Hey, Marianne. How are you doing today? Very good, very good. How are you doing? Uh... (laughs) Uh... Is that an answer? It can be. I think it's very legitimate. (laughs) Yeah, there are days, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I don't think I've ever had anybody respond to me with, (laughs) I've heard here, Mm -hmm. present. Yeah, still going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. When things are rough, and then sometimes people regret asking, right? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I didn't really ask because I wanted to know. <laughs> it was really just in passing. I was trying to be polite. Right. <laughs> now I'm scared. Should I be scared? <laughs> <laughs> With your response, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah, people sometimes, <laughs> they, they don't want to go there, do they? Mm-mm. No. I suppose, in general, when you say, how are you doing, mm-hmm. when you have time to spend with somebody, you might actually care. Right. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's more real. Yeah. But in passing, it's okay to just mm-hmm. say, good. That's polite. It's just what it's it is. Polite. <laughs> I often say to people, when, when you say you're being polite or you're teaching your children to be polite, most of the time you're lying. It's just polite. But That's people, funny. <laughs> but uh, our lies lies when everybody knows they're a lie. It's just kind of what you're doing at that moment, right? You know? Well, and I could spin that too. Like, how are mm. you good? Well, mm. I'm able to walk. There you go. That part is good. Yes. <laughs> so while I'm greeting you on the road, good <laughs> means I'm able to walk. I like that. Maybe instead of saying lying, I should say, well, when you say you're being polite, most of the time you're spinning things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. There is a bit of a spin. Sure. It's necessary for even keeping hurt mm. at bay, right? Yes. There's a part of being able to protect someone from the truth. Mm. Yes. You know. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of times when we have to walk wisely, right? And carefully with what's true or what we think is true in that moment. And that can sometimes be difficult to figure out. Mm -hmm. Well, I like that we can tackle difficult. And that's part of what we're doing with our show. Mm -hmm. Bridging the gap. We have a gap to bridge in the conversation today. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk about this one. One of our larger presentations for mental health is saying it's okay not to be okay. Mm. And I wanted to title today's show, Be Who You Are on the Way to Who You Are Becoming. Mm -hmm. The gap part Mm -hmm. is to say it's okay not to be okay on one hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then on the other, if there is a toxic situation, Mm -hmm. it's not about you being, but it's about the circumstance needing to change. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a gap to bridge. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think about this life choice a lot of people make to fake it till you make it. Yes. 
there's something credible in mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. put on a strength you might mm-hmm. not feel in certain mm-hmm. situations and circumstances. You, mm-hmm. you know, muster up mm-hmm. something to be able to go through that might not be the real you because what you're experiencing underneath mm-hmm. is fear and pain. But that's not what you're wearing on your face and that's right. not what you're wearing in your yep. business presentation <laughs> or yes. whatever it is that you're needing to muster up something different. So fake it. Mm-hmm. There's parts of that that are good mm-hmm. in a way. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sometimes our behavior will actually change our mood. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody smiles, they'll feel better. So even when you're not happy, if you smile, you can do something that actually changes how you feel. And also, it changes your environment, right? So if you fake it, you can create sometimes a better environment. And that can then also change how you feel. So you do it for others, but you can also do it for yourself. So there is a part of that that's credible. But I also feel like there's a part of it that, well, maybe if I put it in a positive turn, there's a lot of value in being genuine as well, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, the opposite of what we just said. So the power of being vulnerable, the power of being genuine in your responses and both have real value in even improving your own mood and building good relationships. Yeah, I love it. I love what you said about maybe if I put it in a positive mm-hmm. way, <laughs> because the judgmental thing would be maybe to say that's inauthentic right? to now criticize, mm. but to look at the bright side, <laughs> there is power in that. There is more power in that mm. because the one side of saying something, even if you're being truthful, carries condemnation. Right and hurt mm-hmm. and the other carries hope right right yeah. there's a response to ah mm-hmm. i like that a lot <laughs> yeah and now i have a new way i want to live show over click <laughs> you know what could really kind of get you is when you think that you can actually do both at the same time because they feel like they're opposites i mean even in the way that you're coming to today and i'm like oh how are you doing today and you're like ah you know yeah. you're like well you're being genuine mm-hmm. But I also imagine there's an element of you sitting here and laughing and smiling and, you know, coming on the show today, which is a little bit of fake it till you make it as well. I'm not sure if that's true for you, but there can be both at the same time where you're like, I'm being genuine. This yeah. is tough for me right now, but I'm not going to behave that tough part out right now. I'm yeah. going to behave the other part of me that can get through this. You can. Mm-hmm. I can have both. Mm. I can have an emotion underneath and also carry a deeper sense Mm. of peace and Mm. joy. And that happens too. Like I'm with a friend. I'm with someone who I know cares for me. I can feel peaceful. Mm -hmm. I don't actually feel like I need to wear a mask Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. I've often said some very, very true things Mm -hmm. about my life and my experience, and I appreciate that. Mm. The authentic part (laughs) Mm -hmm. is that actually I'm okay to be Mm. exactly who I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a trust that was built to get there, too. Yes. I mean, you've created that space for me to Mm. be able to say that. And know it's true. Thank you. Right. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's so important, right? And oftentimes, you'll talk to people who are going through difficult things, like grief or something like that, and they can have lots of things that are true at the same time. Like, well, I can go to work, and I'm also really struggling. And how do you put those things together? And that's one of the beautiful things about the idea of time. I know we kind of take time for granted. But it makes room for us to have times when we're grieving and really, you know, expressing and feeling those negative things. And then also times when we are not expressing those things, even though they're still true. I'm still able to go to work. That's true even while I'm breaking down. It looks like I can't go to work. And it's also true that 
when I'm at work, it, I'm still struggling, you know, I'm still grieving. And even though somebody might say, well, you don't care about that thing you just lost. It's like, well, I actually do care. Mm-hmm. And then how could you be at work? And it's like, well, because I'm a little more complicated than that. Yeah. You know, and so it's interesting to think about how our feelings can have times and places and layers. And yes. Beautifully mm-hmm. complicated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh-wee. Okay, that's a new title of a book. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully complicated. I'll write it down. No problem. That is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Because we are. And I feel like that's so important. Like, I received so much encouragement from this one new psychologist I started following on Instagram and I enjoy all kinds of great tips from Mm -hmm. people who have experiences and deep thinkers and Mm -hmm. training and of course yourself Mm -hmm. and one of the goals that she has right now that she really wants to help people with is to be who you are Mm. that is a very single focused Mm attention that she's giving Mm -hmm. and that can also be a trap Mm. not Mm -hmm. that her intention isn't good and I can follow it and Mm -hmm. I will gain from it and it Mm -hmm. will help me grow Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. but I also need to have that balance this beautiful complication Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's so good Mm -hmm. to have both because if there is something that isn't working and it's because it is harmful and toxic perhaps a relationship Mm -hmm. or a behavior, then I am just okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to challenge that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The tricky part about being who you are is just what is your answer to the question about who you are. And so if you answer that question in a way that is very damaging to yourself, like so for example, if, if you were to say, who are you? And you were to say back, well, I'm somebody who doesn't deserve to live. And then they say, well, be who you are. It's like, well, that could be a terrible thing to say to somebody, right? I mean, it sounds like it's a very precise statement maybe, but it's actually very ambiguous on how people will answer that question of who they are in that moment. So I think if you're able to answer that question in a way that is not just congruent with your feelings in the moment, but is actually true, maybe it's a helpful statement. But if you answer that just in the way that's congruent with my feelings in the moment, it can lead you all kinds of places. Yeah. So then it's a challenge to the statement, mm. it's okay right. not to be okay. <laughs> and I feel good about that challenge because I know that there is a side of it that is true. Mm. Because there is comfort if you are going to be stressed and frantic. But it's this important awareness of where you are Mm -hmm. so the word awareness is it's like okay this is where I am Mm -hmm. and it needs to change Mm -hmm. yeah and we were talking about being complicated before right and it's like it's okay to not be okay and I think that oftentimes therapists will talk about having two things that seem opposite happening at the same time and oftentimes when people come for help they're stuck on one thing Like, I'm not okay, and that's okay. You know, it's like, okay, that's good. You're in this place, but we need to make this more complicated than that. So they've moved into acceptance, and acceptance can be a wonderful thing, a wonderful intervention for somebody who is unable to kind of deal with reality. But in addition to acceptance, what else do we have? You don't want to just live in giving up. And that's how, you know, an extreme form of acceptance could be, is like, I'm hopeless, and I've given up. Mm -hmm. And I think almost any professional... Anybody in the world dealing with somebody who's given up 
is like, okay, well, we can touch this, we can be here, but this isn't where we want to stay. So somebody says, no, I'm going to stay here. And it's like, well, it's actually pretty hard to stay there, but some people can do it. And so we need to move. So pairing, it's okay to not be okay with, and we're working on something here. Yes. Is so important to have both. And. The and is so important. Yes, it is. Oh, I like the word and here today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that the now movement Mm. where you could say the focus is this moment and that the definition of stress is wanting something other than what you have right now. Mm -hmm. Live this day as though you had chosen it or this moment Mm -hmm. as though you had chosen it and Mm. it needs to change. Right. Yes. (laughs) So there's like a weird contentment. Yes, and with discontentment. And it's the paradoxes that we feel that we can't live in because it doesn't seem logical. But it's so true for good mental health and is that we have to live in the paradox. And another example of this is the word willingness. I like the word willingness because it kind of has a little bit of both the pushing and the acceptance. You can't just be in acceptance. It's okay to not be okay. I'm accepting this. And you can't just be in pushing all the time and not dealing with reality and not accepting what's happening around you. So willingness is kind of a word that I feel captures a little bit of both. I'm willing to face what it's actually happening to me. This is really where I'm at. For example, in this case, it's okay to not be okay. I'm willing to see the fact that I'm not doing well. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to acknowledge that. And I'm willing to live that life where I have challenges and where it's difficult. And I'm also willing to move through this, you know, like I'm willing to face it and still work at living, you know. And so I think we have to be able to do both. I'm willing can be a statement that carries you in both directions at the same time. I think of the word willpower Mm. that living in the now can sometimes be part of your idea of being present enough to recognize you need to activate that will. Mm. (laughs) Yes. And so you don't let go of your Mm -hmm. power Mm -hmm. just because you want to live in the now. Right. And that's what happens with living in the now is it feels powerless, right? And Mm -hmm. sometimes a misconstrued idea of it can be powerless, which is, I think, what you're talking about. You can't be so in the now that it doesn't spark movement. Now, typically, most of the time, When I'm with somebody and I'm talking with them and they explore the darkness, they go down to the depths of hopelessness and despair, I would say it's the high 90s event where most of the time they will touch off the bottom of that pit, that pool, and they will begin to push back up to the surface again. The allowing somebody to go into the darkness and not be okay creates a desire for health and creates motivation to change, which is why it can be so powerful for so many people. But in a rare instance, somebody may go down to the bottom of that pit and sit down and not want to move anymore. So then you have questions if you're working with somebody, if you're talking to somebody, if you are that person who just likes to settle down at the bottom of the pit and stay there, do you need more time? Will this just happen on its own? Or do we need to do something to lift you out enough Mm -hmm. that you can push up again? You can move again towards some kind of change. This is reminding me of a story of when I was a teenager and I was in a funk Mm -hmm. and having Mm -hmm. one of those teenager moments, I was 
presenting it to my mom and she was not having it as she was presenting me with a challenge to go take our rebounder. We had this mini mm. trampoline, take it out mm. in the backyard and just go jump on that trampoline. And for us, because I was raised in a Christian family, she always wanted me to think about God. And so mm. she said, just jump until you are happy. Say, praise the Lord over and over again and keep doing that. And I did it. And I took this little trampoline out on the yard in our apartment behind the apartment building so people would see me, whoever lived there, <laughs> jumped up and down saying, praise the Lord. And I ended up laughing at the end of it, just hysterical. And she was right. Mm. And it changed things for me. Mm. And she gave me a direction mm. to spring. Mm -hmm. She was telling my funk mm. to go, go, go and do touch this. off, Jump. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the picture that I have. Someone who pointed me in the right mm. direction to mm -hmm. say, you may be experiencing this. And I like the bottom of that pit being mm -hmm. something to bounce off mm. of. It's what I actually mm -hmm. imagined there. But it was a choice. Mm -hmm. I had to still respond with, Mm -hmm. The idea that that could be fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you still had to kind of agree and move towards that. And then you had that wonderful experience, yeah. right? And that's so wise of your mother to be able to give you that direction and then for you to follow it and such a life learning, something that stays with you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people generally do that, and it's wonderful if they can. But I agree with you. I think that there are times when you have the ability to direct somebody on how to do that. The problem with doing that with most adults is that they don't follow your instructions. They don't agree, which you did. It was so wonderful yeah. that you actually did what your mother wanted you to do. Wow, that we could live responsive as adults. Mm, yes. Wow. Yeah, and you would think, I mean, in my experience, you would think that somebody who's paying to see a therapist has the motivation to make an appointment, come and sit down, you know, is paying a fee, taking an hour out of their day just to hear what to do would actually do the things that are suggested. Yeah. And it's amazing how much that doesn't happen. And, and it's not even because they don't have the ability, it's because they decide they don't want to, you know, and mm -hmm. the willingness is a very challenging yeah. thing. This is remarkable. I had just given a reference for someone and it was a written reference questionnaire. And one of the top questions was, are they teachable? Mm. That's a great question. Mm. Are you teachable? Are you able to respond? Do you mm. have a teachable spirit? That's mm -hmm. something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely something. Mm -hmm. And so powerful in life changing to be able to take that and be able to move forward. Mm -hmm. I know there's this empowerment movement on being who you are, but... I see danger mm. as well as beauty mm. in that, that it still requires a challenge if there is trouble mm. in your life. There's just a difference between circumstances and being. Mm. That is the awareness part. I want to go back to that contentment piece, <laughs> that you can have that even in the midst of Mm. knowing that there are danger signs, mm -hmm. that it's something to alert, 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 but how long can you live beside the blinking light? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because eventually you become numb to the circumstances around you, right? I mean, when I think about the circumstances versus your view of the circumstances, I feel like people are always going back and forth on how to solve that problem. Like, how do you move? Is it something that you need to see differently or is it something that actually needs to change in your environment? Is it actually something in your circumstances that you need to work on? Like, if you're not okay, do you have to see it differently or do you have to do it differently? Usually it's both. Usually the answer is both that, you know, you can see it differently. One of the reasons I really like seeing it differently is because it's more in your control, even though it can feel like it's not in your control and maybe it's not fully seeing things differently is kind of inside your own head and you can just see your world differently then you behave differently but oftentimes if you actually change people's circumstances it really does change how they feel and how they react Mm -hmm. to things as well and so when you're not feeling okay you have those options on how you're going to respond yeah there is a becoming in the process and on the way there is still a way to set goals. Mm. I love that part of living. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like challenge the way things are with a goal. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so some people think, oh, goals are static, that it's just something that's a regular thing. Oh, I have a goal to Mm -hmm. own Mm -hmm. a car. Mm -hmm. I have a goal to own a place to live Mm -hmm. and basic, basic maybe a specific type of career. But when I'm speaking about it with relation to circumstances and a person's well-being, that it would also be to set a goal for change. You know, you take a moment to write something down Mm. that could create the shift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you know something's not working there, what can you write down on paper to say, okay, here's an idea? Mm -hmm. You'll have that within you. Mm-hmm. You'll find an idea if you ask yourself. Yeah. <laughs> not just the big questions. Yeah, I like the idea that it's not static. Like these goals need to be shifting with us, right? They need to be moving and changing in order to get somebody out, you know? And sometimes one of the big challenges is repeating a goal over and over again and not becoming creative in order to be able to get yourself out of that situation Mm -hmm. so you can draw up a plan and start to divide it into sections that are doable Mm -hmm. you can even write something very simple or you can get extravagant about it Mm -hmm. but you can at least start the process if you have it written down before you Mm. that I feel is good Mm mm-hmm Yeah, writing down goals. You know, as a therapist, I've noticed in myself a resistance to writing. I've noticed that I've resisted giving people pieces of paper in therapy or things like this. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just because I feel like the classic way to do therapy is just to sit down and talk. But the research around writing is incredible and cannot be denied. And I don't know exactly why that works, but when people actually write something down, it changes the way that they think about what they've thought now that it's on paper. It makes it more concrete, it makes it more stable. Honestly, I can't really describe all the things that are different, except to say that when people journal, when people write, in so many different ways, when they actually put pen to paper, it somehow changes things for them. Yes. So you can't minimize it. Yes, 
I don't know the full study on that, but I have recently heard that they're changing that in the school systems to be where they're using more tablets for the students and it's changing their memory function mm. and even their mental health connected to learning to write cursive, mm. to learning to write, mm -hmm. even just put a pen to the learning of what the alphabet is, is changing the way their connections are working in right. their brain. This leads wonderfully into next week's show. I think we're out of time today, but I want to talk about that with memory mm. function and how we can heal. Mm. Well, thank you, Cyrus. Thank you, Marianne. Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. You are very welcome to come and join Maplecrest Church Services 10 a.m. Sunday mornings at the Park Theatre, 698 Osborne Street in Winnipeg. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks again and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose.